and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the shear where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. As Pesach is almost upon us in a couple of weeks, less than a month away, it's apropos to talk about what real freedom really is. And it's honed into us actually in this week's Parsha in Ketisa and Kisisa. When we look at Shemot in the book of Shemot, we look at Perak Lamed Bet, Pusik Ted Zion. Again, Lamed Bet standing for lave. What is really in the heart? That we really want to be the full aspect of free. We want to be the full aspect of serving Hashem. And that's the most free we could be. Doing the will of Hashem. Freeing up ourselves from the decrepit lack of morals in society. From the decrepit, the decrepit lack of the proper aspects of what we should be doing in our lives, that's real freedom. And that's when we use the heart properly, following the mitzvahs, following the Torah, following doing chesed every day, following what the guidebook of the Torah teaches us and tells us on a constant basis, looking at what should be in the heart, what the heart should be full of. In Perak Lama Bet, the Perak of the heart, we see in Pasuk Ted Zayin, V'haluchot Ma'asecharut Al-Haluchos. The Pasuk says, now the tablets were God's work, and the inscription was God's inscription engraved on the tablets. One question, why is the word charut used? Why not use the word mechtav, like a letter, something written? Why not write kotev, kotev, the writing was God's writing. Why does it say charut? That is not a word that's usually used in talking about writing, when talking about letters being written down. Why charut? So the Talmud and Rashi from Chabad point out from Erevin 54a, engraved Harut on the tablets. Had the first tablets not been broken, because right now in the story we're talking about how Hashem gave Moshe the tablets that were inscribed by God. Moshe goes down, sees the people doing Avodah Zarah, doing idol worship. He smashes them, has to go back up, beg forgiveness, and make them a second time himself with his own hands. They were done in a more modest way. Maybe those were the ones that lasted. Could be a lesson how we're all supposed to be modest, not just in how we dress, but in how we act, how we speak, and how we behave. But in general, had the first tablets not been broken, no na- nation or people could have subjugated the Jewish people as it is written, Harut, on the tablets. Don't read it, Harut, engraved, but Harut, free. On account of these tablets, Israel would have remained forever free. But I would go a step further and say because of the mitzvos, because of doing chesed, because of learning Torah and following the Torah, we become really free. The Medrash Rabbah points at Rabbi Yehuda says they would have been free from the pain of exile. Had the first tablets not been broken, of course we've had many exiles, we're currently in exile thanks to the current Roman exile of the fourth one. Israel would have remained forever free. Rabbi Nechemia says they would have been free from the angel of death had there been no breaking of the Luchot. So there is death, unfortunately, a lot of death, especially with craziness of the past centuries and the current year. But in general, we should do what we can to avoid death. Sadaka tatsil mamavis, they say. Charity, and I believe that's charity with your money, but charity with your time, charity with your resources, charity with your character can save you from death. And we say on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, uh, especially Yom Kippur, we say, 
After we say Barash After that we say Utshuva Tefila Being involved in repentance, being involved in praying, having conversations with God, and being involved with charity, that's how we're saved from death. Having a life filled of tzedakah, a life filled of mitzvahs, a life full of learning Torah, that's how we're saved from death. And those two sources were from Chabad. When we look at Pirkei Avos, my favorite sefer of all time, of course, we look at the end of Pirkei Avos. Perik Vav Mishnah Bet, God willing on the P-A-L, we'll get there in a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months before the end of the school year. We try to do the P-A-L, we try to go through Pirkei Avos, we've done three seasons, currently in the fourth season, a different commentary each time, currently Rabbi Yonah in this season. But when we get to, to Perik Vav Mishnah Bet, look at what this Mishnah talks about. Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, B'chol yom v'yom bas kol yodzeis mehar chorev. Every day a bat kol, a heavenly voice, comes out from chorev, Mount Chorev, where the Torah was given. Umacharezes ve'omeris makes a proclamation and says, Oy lahem labrios me'el bono shal Torah. Woe unto humankind for their contempt towards the Torah. Why? For anyone who does not learn Torah, anyone who's not occupied being involved with the study of Torah is called what? Nikra Nazuf. Is called rebuked. Shanamar, as it says in Mishlein, Nezim Zahuf Ba'af Chazir, Isha Yafav Ta'am. Because it says, like a gold ring in the snout of a pig is a beautiful woman bereft of sense. That comes from Mishli. And it also says, V'omer from our parsha, V'haluchod ma'asei elokim heima v'hamichtav michtav elokim hu'charut alaluchot. Our Pasuk right here, Perkeavos brings up and says, The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God graven upon the tablets. So Perkeavos makes a little drash, makes a little ex- exposition over here, makes a little drash, a little learning of the words. Look at what they say. Al tikre charut, don't read it as charut, don't read it as graven, but read it ela charut, read it as freedom. She'en lecha ben chorin. You do not have anyone greater free. There is no freer man. There is no free man. Only one who is involved in the study of the Torah. And I would add also, humbly, humbly, I would add in being involved in Torah acts, being involved in doing mitzvahs and chesed and Torah. V'chol misha osek Torah. Whoever regularly occupies himself with the study of Torah, Hareze Misale, is surely exalted. How do we know that? Shenemar, as it says in Bamid, Barumima Tana Nachaliel, Uminachaliel Bamot. From Matana to Nachaliel, and from Nachaliel to Bamot. So the question therefore really becomes who is a real free person? As we come to Pesach in a couple of weeks, in less than a month, who is really a free person? What does freedom really mean? 
Does freedom really mean a lack of morals, not having any restrictions, not having any laws, not having any basis to morality in your life? Someone who is a slave to society, a slave to the culture, a slave to a lack of morals, and a slave to his own passions, whims, desires, wants, and needs? Is that really a free person? Is that someone who is considered free? A truly free person, a truly free person is someone who can break free from the shackles of what society deems and seems as free, where a lack of morals really imposes on life and makes it a life that's not worth anything and not worth living, God forbid. A real free life is free from the trivialities, free from the materialities, free from the lack of morals that's so prevalent, unfortunately, nowadays in culture and society. You want to be really free? You want to feel really free? You follow the Torah. You follow the mitzvot. You do chesed and you're involved in Talmud Torah on a singularly constant basis every single day. You want to feel really fulfilled? You want to feel really free? You want to feel really amazing that your life has purpose? You follow the Torah. You follow the guidebook. You're involved in doing mitzvahs for other people, starting with your spouse, then your children, and going on to family and on to friends, making every day a day that's full of doing things that will feel like real freedom, being involved in davening three times a day, being involved in learning every day, picking up whatever you can, reading Torah emails, doing the daf, joining the daf if that's something you could do, looking at the parsha every day if you could every day and every week if that's something you can do, whatever you can on your level, but being involved in what real freedom really means. Who is called a free person? Why is the word charut used in this pasuk to teach us that real freedom comes from the Torah itself, from the luchot itself? The Jewish way of life is what gives us real freedom. Not what society tells you you should or want to do. Not what society does where they don't even recognize the, the, the sanctity of the amazingness of what a real relationship is. How we focus on a man and a woman and nothing else. And that there are only men and women in the world and nothing else. Understanding real morals. Understanding real basis of what real freedom, what real life is. Based on the fundamental core values of what the Torah tells us that's what a real free person is the true answer of a free person is someone who is bound to a life of meaning a life of purpose and a life of a higher calling using the foundation of judaism with its mitzvahs guiding us every step of the way in every facet of our life and breaking us out of the lawlessness of life of our culture and of our society a truly meaningful A truly beautiful, a truly uplifting, and a truly spiritual life is following the guides Hashem, God, gave us through His beautiful Torah and His beautiful fundamental making of the guidebook of life through the Torah and all of its facets, through Torah Shebechsav, through Torah Shebaalpeh, through all the commentators and the Sfarim and the books throughout the centuries. As AlephBeta.org explains, a wonderful, wonderful website, We believe that the Torah is a guidebook that answers life's biggest questions, that guides us in life to how we should be fulfilled, how we should accomplish our true meaning and our true purpose, offering profound insights about how we should live 
our lives. Torah.org explains with Rabbi Yaakov Menken that there's a story in the Medrash concerning a traveling medicine salesman who came through various towns around Sipori and called out, Who would like to purchase the potion of life? One of the sages who lived there was Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Yanai heard the salesman, went over to him and said, Bring your bag here, sell me some. The salesman replied, You don't need it. Neither you nor those like you. Rabbi Yanai was a Torah scholar and Torah provides its own protection. Nonetheless, Rabbi Yanai pressed him until the salesman brought out a book of Psalms, the book of Tehillim, book of Tehillim. He showed him Psalm 5214. Nun dalad yud, nun bet, excuse me, pasik yud dalad. Who is the man who desires life? Miha ish hachavetz chaim, ohev yomim liras tov. Who is the man who desires life, who loves days to see good? What are the next verses, asked the salesman. Sur meiravi ase tov, bake shalom, virad fehu. Guard your tongue from evil. Turn away from evil. Your lips from speaking falsehood. Turn away from evil and do good. Desire peace and pursue it. You want a good life. You want a free life. Remove the evil from your midst. Remove the evil from your ears, from your eyes, from your mouth, from your nose. Don't speak bad. Don't think bad. Don't hear bad. Do good. Turn away from evil and do good. Find peace. Look for peace. Pursue peace. Rabbi Yanai said, all the days of my life, I read this verse. I did not understand its simple meaning until this salesman came and taught it to me. That's what real freedom is. Following the Torah, avoiding evil, avoiding speaking evil or seeing evil or hearing evil, being involved in evil in any aspect, fighting the good fight, working on your meters, working on any addiction or affliction or anything that's bringing you down, trying every day to get up and beat the Yitzhahara to be a warrior. That's freedom fighting for the good, fighting to do what you can to make a better life for yourself and those around you. Rabbi Menken goes on to say in Torah.org that the wisdom of the Torah isn't just trying to tell us how to get a good seat in heaven. The Torah is called Torah's Chaim, Instructions for Life. A recent book began, we're all flying on this big blue spaceship which has no instructional manual. But of course it does. We have the instruction manual. We have the guidebook. The guidebook is, of course, the Torah. He goes on to say that Judaism is about taking the lessons and applying them to new situations. Judaism is about making our daily lives more godly and happier and longer at the same time, fulfilling our days, fulfilling our weeks and our months and our years. Come again, may shenei chayav. The forefathers were asked, how long were the days and the, the years of your life? And Yaakov was asked because he looked very aged when he came before Paro. And he explained that my life was very difficult. But when we look at the sages, we see, how long were their lives, but how long were the days? Did they utilize their years and did they utilize their days? You could have a long life, but you could use your days in the wrong way. Or you could have a short life, but utilize every day. The key is that you're given 120 years and you utilize every day to do good. Utilize every day to practice real freedom, following the Torah, following the mitzvahs, and doing chesed for everyone around you. I forget where I learned about the days and the years, but it's important to use the days and to use the years of your entire life. 
Chabad.org points out with Svi Freeman, the idea that we are free to do what we need to do as per the expectations of Hashem when we look at what a mitzvah means. The simple meaning of the word mitzvah is command. It appears in various forms with that meaning about 300 times in the Chamisha Chum Torah and the five books of Moses. It generally refers to the divine commandments to the Jewish people, things he wants us to do or not to do. That's a positive commandment to do something or a negative commandment, lo say not to do something. Don't kill but keep the Shabbos. It's a different pronunciation. One is a positive to do and one is the negative to avoid. The Talmud, the oral Torah that was written down many, many centuries ago, mentions that the Jewish people were given 613 mitzvahs at Sinai. Numerous codes, most notably the Rambam, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, Maimonides, Sefer mitzvahs, where he details out every mitzvah, and Chabad also points out 613 mitzvahs, and there's detailed listings. In common usage, a mitzvah often means a good deed. Like, do a mitzvah, help Mrs. Goldstein with the packages. But the usage is also quite old. The Yushami Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, there was a Yushami one written by Rabbi Yochanan, and the Talmud Bavli written by Ravina and Ravashi, which was based on the Mishnah that was made by Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, who was called Rebbe. So the Jerusalem Talmud commonly refers to any charitable acts as the mitzvah. Often the word mitzvah is related to the Aramaic word tzavta, meaning to attach or to join. Tzavta can mean companionship or personal attachment. In this sense, a mitzvah bundles up the person who is commanded and the commander, creating a relationship and essential bond. So the meanings can themselves be bundled together. Good is defined as that which the creator of the universe, Hashem, God, wants done with his universe. And by doing that which the creator wants done, we are bound up with him in body, mind, and soul. The very act of a mitzvah is its own end in itself. The Mishnah declares in Pirkei Elvis, despite all the wonderful things a mitzvah brings to the person, to the world, ultimately, the reward of a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. Shishar mitzvah mitzvah v'shar avera avera. Mitzvah goveret mitzvah, mitzvah and avera goveret avera. You should only be involved in mitzvahs. One mitzvah leads to another. The reward of a mitzvah itself is to do another mitzvah. In performing a mitzvah, you and your world are one with God himself. A mitzvah-based society is a society of educated, active participants because you can't do mitzvahs without learning about them first. Every Jew is obliged, obligated to participate in an ongoing study of the mitzvahs and new applications of them such as they arise. Additionally, it's hard to keep up with the mitzvahs, performing them without a renewable source of inspiration. You have to keep constant inspiration. Mitzvahs done with joy and enthusiasm lift a person a step above the world and have an enormously greater impact on the person's environment. Again, the key is study and communal participation. You want real freedom. You want to feel truly free. You want to feel truly at liberty. You want to feel like you can be in and of the society free to do what's really important. Then you involve yourself in mitzvahs. You involve yourself in chesed. You involve yourself in helping out those around you, being involved in the Torah way of life, using the Torah as your guidebook. And it all starts with the word charut. Why Harut? Because the Luchot, the Aseris Adibros in the Torah itself, explains us how to really be free. Al-Tikre Harut El-Cherut. Read it as free. Read it as being really free. 
Rabbi Vigdor Miller points out in Ora Vigdor Shara Bitachon, which is found on livingwithhashem.com, that we can't ask Hashem to make the final decision for us when it comes to a mitzvah. But we're asking Hashem to give us all the means that are necessary. We should have the money to do the mitzvahs we like to do. We should have the time to do the mitzvahs we want to and need to do. We should have the energy to do the mitzvahs we want to and need to and have to do. We're asking for all the circumstances we need to make the final decision about what to do, but the final decision has to be ours. The Chovos HaVovos is saying, don't trust in Hashem to make you choose one over the other. It's not like in matters of business or even a health issue when we are not told which is the way to succeed. That's something that's all bitachon. When it comes to avodas Hashem, working in the world as being God's emissary, being God's agent or messenger through doing mitzvos, there's no doubt what to do. It's all clear cut. We know it's good for us to do mitzvos. When a person is going to do a mitzvah, he knows with full certitude that the mitzvah will benefit him. But when a person takes a medicine, he doesn't know if it will do good or maybe the opposite. He needs complete bitachon there. He looks to Hashem to step in and make the medicine have the proper effects. Think of something you can do to enhance a mitzvah, such as arriving in shul early to daven better, or having benchers on the table to make it easier to bench from a bencher. Whatever you can do to be involved in more mitzvahs in a higher level, to really be free to really follow the Torah, the guide, because wants us to have cherut in our own lives. The Times of Israel points out with Rabbi Reuven Chaim Klein, although the, the Torah itself doesn't use the word cherut in the context of freedom, we pointed out from Avos 6.2 that the allusion is there in the meaning. The, the Torah demonstrates the luchot which Moshe brought was the work of Hashem. The writing of Hashem was engraved. The root of the word means engraved is really spelled chet resh tet. However, the context has a variant spelling which replaces the ultimate tet with a vav, with a tav. Because of the slight deviance from the norm, the rabbis found something deeper alluded to in the verse. As we said in Avos, do not read charut, but charut freedom. For the only person who is truly free is one who occupies himself with Torah study and Torah acts. It seems fairly clear that if the ultimate purpose of the Exodus was to give the Jewish people the Torah at Mount Sinai, the word for freedom resulting from the Exodus should appropriately be Cherut. The holiday which celebrates that freedom should be termed Zman Cherutenu at Passover coming up in a few weeks. To that effect, the rabbis coined a new term Cherut, which denotes a sort of freedom that comes to society where people not only know the law, but study it constantly until it is engraved on their hearts. So Cherut and Cherut become one. On the surface, the positive liberty seems restrictive, but actually it proves quite liberating. That said, it seems that the rabbis chose to use this word cherut in various conjugations thereof in order to convey the idea of freedom for a very important reason. They wish to stress that newly freed slaves begin their new lives with a clean slate. They have the potential to become important people in their own right. On Pesach, Passover, we recognize and celebrate the potential for greatness. The optimistic yet challenging look of a freedom's bright, freed man's bright future warrants the rabbis that the Adoption of the new word for freedom, even though the Bible already has two words for that concept. The really, truly free person is the person that is involved in mitzvahs, is involved in chesed, is involved in doing for others. The really free person is someone that takes the chayrut, looks at the luchot, understands that there is chayrut, understands that there is freedom only being involved in 
doing such a life, only being involved in a life of Torah, a life of chesed, a life of meaning, a life of purpose, a life where we want to help out everyone around us, a life where we want to do good for everyone around us. And the guidebook of the Torah shows us that this life is possible. This life is attainable by using the Torah as the guidebook to lead us on the way to do so, to bring us on the way to do so. Torah.org points out with Rabbi Shaya Karlinsky this idea that one who is intimately connected to God escapes limitations and control imposed upon him by physical systems, which is the whole aspect of really being free, which is attained by attaching yourself to the Torah and mitzvot and chesed, is embodied in the statement of Rabbi Yossi in from Avodah Zarah, from the Gemara Avodah Zarah on 5. The Jewish people accepted the Torah only so that the angel of death other nations and other tongues and cultures should have no power over them, as is written in Tehillim in Psalms 82. I had said you were angels, all of you, sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you shall die like a man and fall as one man, O princes. The power of the angel of death represents the process of nature to which man is subjected, for death is a fundamental component of the natural physical system. The power of nations and culture represents the governmental and social systems to which man is subjugated. Subjected, excuse me. One who subjects himself to the burden of Torah, and I wouldn't even use the burden, which is a divine system, emancipates himself from being controlled by the natural and human systems, even as he must remain involved in them. This idea is taught in chapter 6, Mishnah 2, which we mentioned before, again and again, the tablets of the writing of God engrave Harut. Don't say Harut. Don't say engrave. Say Cherut. Emancipated. No one is more free than someone involved in Torah, which elevates him. The mission explains to us, one is involved in Torah, elevates himself above the level of the natural system, which regulates the world in a fixed and compelling way. And above the level of human regulation of society, neither of which are inherently natural, because there's no specific form of government, no specific set of societal norms which are fundamentally compelling. This elevation frees man from the two systems which can exert control over him within the physical system. But still, why is it that one who is involved in Torah achieves this elevation above the natural physical world? Seichel, which means the spiritual intellectual dimension of man, rises above the material world, which frees man from being regulated by the natural and societal systems, both of which emanate from Olam Hazeh, the ephemeral material world, which is created temporarily to enable man to prepare for the eternal world to come. One who is involved in Torah transcends the level of Olam Hazeh. Therefore, the burdens of government and livelihood are removed from him. Even though a person can't exist without a livelihood, he needs to work in order to have the resources necessary to be involved in Torah. He nevertheless does not carry the burden of a livelihood. When he accepts upon himself the burden of Torah, not even a burden, his livelihood will come to him without difficulty. This is because of his intimate connection with God, which raises him above the level of Olam Hazeh, the physical system, the nature of which imposes a struggle to earn one's livelihood. A person needs to remember, a person needs to know what real freedom is. Is. It's not someone who, God forbid, goes off the way, God forbid, goes to Buddhism, God forbid, goes to Hinduism, God forbid, goes to a different way of life, different culture. That's not freedom. 
It's not someone who, God forbid, throws away the Torah and goes and, and lives on an ashram without anything. That's not freedom. And it's not someone that just goes lives a materialistic, hedonistic society, empty of substance and empty of any aspect of anyness, anythingness, and, and full of nothingness. That's not freedom. It might seem like it is, but it's lacking any worth. You're a slave to nothingness. You're a slave to wasting your time, killing time, which is such a terrible phrase, but used all, all too often. Use your time wisely. Use your time properly. Understand that Hashem gave us the Luchot, Chirut. Engraved on the Luchot was the fact that it is Chirut, that the Luchot, that the mitzvahs for us are Chirut. The true path to freedom, real freedom, is through Torah. Real freedom is through doing mitzvahs. Real freedom is through living a Torah life, a chesed-based life, a life where we help those around us. What is the way of life? Tehillim talks to us, avoiding evil, pursuing good, pursuing peace, pursuing justness and righteousness for everyone around us, ourselves, our spouses, our kids, our family and friends, and for everyone around us, for society at large, being involved in everyone, helping out everyone on any level we can do so. That's how we evolve and that's how we get ourselves to have freedom. That's how we acquire freedom. That's how we ensure to get freedom on any level and every level. Real freedom comes from doing the Torah, following the Torah. Being involved in mitzvahs, being involved in chesed, being involved in helping out those around us. Don't be fooled by the temporality, by the materialism, by the hedonism, by the lore of the Yetzirah in society. Don't be fooled by those around you. That's not freedom. Don't be tricked by the Yetzirah. That's not what is going to get you real freedom. The only freedom... The only way to acquire real freedom, as Pesach teaches us, is to follow the ways of the Torah, to understand the ways of the Torah, to be as much a Torah observant, a Torah involved Jew, by being involved in helping out everyone around you, doing mitzvahs on a constant basis, pursuing the mitzvah, feeling the reward of the mitzvah, because every mitzvah leads to another mitzvah. And God forbid the opposite could be true also. When you're involved in a life that's free, when you're involved in a life that's involving in Torah, you're going to feel the real freedom. A fulfilling life, an uplifting life, a beautiful life is a life where one is occupied with the study of Torah. When someone is occupied with ensuring that he's involved and acting and involved with Torah, someone who involves himself in acts of Torah, and of course acts of Torah are very often and most commonly acts of chesed, where we see the Torah in living life, in living time, in actual action, in actual motion, in actual existence. A real free person is not someone who's a slave to society, a slave to culture, a slave to a lack of morals, and goes to his own passions, whims, desires, wants, and needs. That is not a free person. A truly free person is that person that breaks free from the shackles of what society deems is free, what society thinks is free, and what society values, which is often contrary to the Torah. That is not a free person. The real free person... The true answer of real freedom, someone who's bound to a life of meaning and purpose and a higher calling using the foundations of Judaism with its mitzvahs, chesed, and Torah. And that all comes from the Pasuk where it says, charut, 
where it teaches us charut. And it doesn't mean charut only. It doesn't mean engraved. It means cherut. It means real freedom because real freedom comes from attaching yourself to the luchot, carrying the luchot with you in your heart, in your body, in your mind, attaching your life, bounding your life to the luchot and to the Torah, to the mitzvot, the commandments to help everyone around you, to ensure the world is better and you'll feel a true life of meaning, a true life of purpose, a true life of real freedom and real purpose. This has been the Audio DT with Reb T, and I'm your host, Reb T.